Hey, 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 y'all. Welcome to the Graceful Truth Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Dana. We're here to speak truth in the most graceful way possible about our personal experiences that we've had throughout the foster care and adoption system. We're also going to cover some things we've encountered along the way. We don't sugarcoat anything. These are all real people telling their stories. I've always wanted a place for aunts, uncles, grandparents, current and former caseworkers, doctors, therapists, and really anybody such as yourself who knows anything or has had any interaction with a foster or adoptive parent or child. This is a safe place. This is a place we're going to share our stories without feeling judgment, without being misunderstood, or really being turned in to an agency for simply sharing our experiences. We're also going to laugh. We're going to cry. We're going to come together as one to figure out the best way to effectively change the legislation and the laws, and also ways to help our children. We're also going to be there for those parents that are struggling with how to cope with the many different situations that we have to deal with on a day in and day out basis. We're also going to cover some mental health, medical health, special needs, and of course the joys of being a parent. Our goal is to be the voice for those who can't speak. We're here to share our stories. We're here to share our realities. It's time to come together and be that voice for these children. So please join us as we embark on this journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Graceful Truth Unscripted podcast. I am going to give you a little heads up. Typically, we've been posting on Fridays. We will be changing that now to Sundays. So make sure your notifications are turned on um, and we will get those episodes out to you as we can. And we also did take off last week for Good Friday. So today's topic is one that I've come to without a lot of thought behind it because I just feel like it needs to be talked about. So there's two things I'm going to cover today. And um, we're going to start with the current situation going on. So we live in Florida, I'm uh, pretty sure I've said that before, and you guys know some of our children's history, but I haven't been able to really dive in to both of theirs and what we struggle with on a daily basis and give you guys some insights. However, I do feel like this is something that needs to be shared. That way, if you know of anybody that faces this situation that you ensure to reach out to these people. We need you now more than ever in this time because we are struggling. So today I got a notification that our governor was announcing something big. And we didn't know what that was, if he had planned on reopening the state, even though our numbers are still increasing here, and, you know, what his plans were, because we were waiting on his plan, his what his plan is to reopen the state of Florida. And he comes on, and I had 
put it up literally within like 30 seconds of him announcing what his big announcement was and that was that our schools will be closed the remainder of the year and we will continue our social distance learning which has not gone good for our family we um, have also had many people that I know that have advocated for our schools to remain closed for the remainder of the year and I was never one of those supporters and that's what I'm here to tell you why this is a different reality now I have talked to others I do understand both sides of the situation so don't send me no hate mail I completely and wholeheartedly understand however I do not believe a lot of people understand not only the pressure that ensues families such as mine and our mental health so that's kind of one of the topics I want to talk about today is is give you guys like literally when he said that I busted out in tears my husband thought somebody pissed me off <laughs> in, the, in the grocery store because I had ran in to grab a couple things and I had held myself together the whole time in there because I just kept my mind on the you know the items that I needed and when I sat in the car I just completely lost it and broke down crying my husband thought somebody pissed me off I'm like yeah our governor did he didn't piss me off I mean he did what he has to do guys I completely understand that but the reality is is I was upset I was freaking out my anxiety was getting the best of me and it still is I still have my moments trust me it's it's not completely gone this happened not even two hours ago um, but the reason being is number one I already suffer from mental health issues I have anxiety I have PTSD from a suicide that happened two years ago in May and somebody really close to me died in May like super duper close to me if you know me you know who that is and May is also an anniversary of my son us finding out my son being abused so May is already not a mentally stable emotionally stable month for me personally but this week I lost my ever-loving mind not at my kids but because of the stress there is so much stress both my husband and I are essential workers I work in finance he works as a truck driver so he's out and about all the time he has a underlying condition that affects his liver which is on the list for this virus to affect and I worry about that because I mean I need my husband around I want my husband around <laughs> it, it, I, it's just we already have that stressor we already have the stressor of both of our kids being immunocompromised myself I'm considered obese at the weight that I am even though I mean that that's what the numbers say I'm obese so it's not something that I take lightly at all and I want to get that across I completely understand the safeguards but I think that this is detrimental to our family's mental health 
And not only do I deal with anxiety, I'm also now working from home because we are on a stay-at-home order. I now work from home. I am still an essential employee. I work my entire time frame, so that's five and a half hours a day that I work at home while schooling three children in first, second, and third grade. And another shout out to our school and our teachers. They have been astronomical. I am so thankful that we are in a private school. And we're in a private school for a reason because my children have special needs. They have special learning needs. They have special needs as it is all of course, but my youngest one, but she's also a grade ahead of where she's supposed to be because that's how she is. She, she has worked hard and she's doing amazing in school. So they have been astronomical in this. And anytime we struggle, they are really quick to hop on and help, help me, help my kids, you know, like, hey, where can I get help on this? And they'll tell me everything down to the second in a video of where it starts the teaching. So even with that, people need to remember that families with special needs already struggle. I believe in past episodes, I have spoken about mine and my son's relationship. However, it is the easiest analogy I can do is it's oil and water. Like we do not go together at all. It has been a struggle. It will always be a struggle because he has a problem with women and it's not because of anything other than being abused by his bio mom for 18 months of his life. He was abused, neglected, unloved. Like there is so much that did to him that now carries over to me to where him and I are just, it is not a good relationship. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that we struggle. A lot of people don't know that he can go and be with his father, my husband, and be a complete angel. And it's because he doesn't have that attachment issue that it's a re, it's called reactive attachment disorder <clears throat> is the diagnosis for one of his many diagnoses. Um, but it's oil and water for us. And it is so hard when he is out of his schedule because that goes against his OCD. It goes against his PTSD, his ADHD. Like it just, it's, it already whacked it out of control. And a lot of people are saying, well, we're, they're already used to social distance learning. I can tell you right now, none of my children, none of my three children, even the one without special needs, is not used, used to this social distance learning. And it is a struggle for our family, for me especially. That's why I lost my mind. I literally left everything at my house and I left. I had to go for a drive. I went and got gas. So I did an essential trip, so don't you be telling me you shouldn't be driving out anywhere. I literally stayed to myself, <laughs> went and got gas in my car. And I, I needed that break, but more so, I needed more. Like, the entire, it, it, it didn't just end there. Like, I had a massive anxiety and panic attack. So much so, I, my children and my husband have never seen me that angry before now obviously all I did was scream cry and then I left because that's what I, I know that I have to do that I know I have to remove myself from the situation to even calm down enough however 
now I'm looking out not just two more weeks of homeschooling three children, two that are special needs, while working a job at home, which once this stay-at-home order is lifted, more than likely I'll be going back to my office to work, which again, my boss has been amazing. My job has been amazing. This is none of this. We're in a time where nobody knows what the right answer is, right? But we also need to be coming up with tools and with ways for people such as myself. Like right now, I can't call my parents up to take them or their aunts, their uncles, my friends, anybody that is offering to help. All they can literally do right now for me is pray for me because they can't take my kids. We're on lockdown. We are on state lockdown and we follow all of those rules. We're rule followers or I'm a rule follower anyway, but <laughs> we don't jeopardize anybody else. We don't jeopardize our children's health because of this. But on the other end of that, we need more resources. We need help. And it needs to be more than just, you know, little things here and there. We need something that's going to work, that's going to help our children, and that's going to help these family members because it's it's very stressful. It is very upsetting. And I love my kids dearly, and I'm not discrediting. This is for anybody with a child of special needs, not just foster and adoptive children. But children with special needs, we rely on them getting their social interaction. My son does not learn well on his own. He has to have a teacher. He has to have that one-on-one -on -one time with a teacher in person in a structured environment. Sure, I am trying to structure as much as possible at home, but it's kind of hard because I still have to work. They still have to do their work. A lot of it you know, I don't necessarily have to be there, but if they don't understand something, I have to be able to sit down and do that with them. And it's hard. It's not easy. I'm not. Pray for our family, please, because we need it. The other part of this is after, if a stay at home order is lifted, then what happens again? Our daycares are at capacity, they're taking in the children of first responders and medical personnel, which are absolutely needed. I'm so grateful for those people. But where does that leave all those other essential employees and people going back to work that now have no school to place their children, that have to go to work to continue to work to bring in funds for their family, to support their family? Where is the help for us? What are we gonna do? What options do we have? Because right now we have none. All right, guys, if you've known me for a hot minute, you know that five years ago, I made the switch to a toxin and chemical-free home, and the company that I chose, based on all my research, was Young Living, and guys, yes, I've actually been to the farm, touched the plants, planted plants, and even saw the way that they just care about not just our plants, but the members, us, the everyday people that purchase their products day in and day out and use their products day in and day out. So 
with this offer, you go to myyl.com backslash D-N-J Floyd, and that's F-L-O-Y-D. This will all be in the show notes. And when you purchase your premium starter kit through that link, you will be sent a Thieves household cleaner, which will last you about six months. It lasts my family five to six months, but we use it on everything, floors, windows, steam mops, cars. We legit just use it on everything. So again, that website is myyl.com backslash DNJ Floyd. And that is also in the show notes. So hop on over, pick your premium starter kit and get yourself a free bottle of cleaner. All right, let's get back to the show. So I'm not sure what the answer is. I just, again, wanted to share our frustration with this call. Um, Do I believe it's the right call? I don't know. Personally, with all I know about supporting immune systems and how things like this work, I feel like we would have been okay opening schools back up. However, I do know all the sides to the story, so please don't send me hate mail. You can send me hate mail. I'm just going to delete it. Just please. All right. So, the next thing I wanted to chat about was I was actually asked this um, by somebody. I, I was on a call. And two of my mom friends started talking about children who misbehave in classrooms. And I kept my mouth shut because I did not want to get upset or anything like that. I didn't want to input into anything. And my friend said, that's maybe something you need to talk about on the podcast. And I 100% agree because... Before you come at me, again, no, I do know that behavioral problems are not okay. I do not condone violence. I do not condone bullying. You can ask my children at any time because if my children are in the position to bully and I I find out that they bully, they get punished. I do not at all support a bully because I was bullied my entire life. And that just, it's not happening under my thumb. However, I do want to talk about some of the children. Again, this does not apply to all of the children. This is children that we know that have behavioral problems such as PTSD, RAD. Um, Sometimes ADHD children can get very angry at certain points. Um, OCD children, like... I understand that there's so many diagnoses, there's so many misdiagnoses, there's parents that aren't as um, involved in their children's life. I understand there's abuse. I understand, trust me, I understand the receiving end of that because my son, which I'm about to tell you a few things about a mama from a son who has anger issues or who has outbursts and stuff like that, he has also been on the receiving end of it. He was bullied by a teacher, abused by a teacher, thrown into a trash can at a camp during the summer, and many other things 
have happened to him. However, I want to shed light on what my son goes through when he, we call them blackouts, okay? So he obviously has many diagnoses. He has a lot of trauma that went on. We have really gotten it under control and that's because our teachers listen to what they need to look for, how they need to handle situations because right now we know that he escalates with women. I, I it's There's nothing I can do about it. I tell every single person, I said, if you see him getting angry, have a man walk into the room and it will de-escalate him faster than anything else. But we also have safeguards in place for our child. So we have had instances where he has, so the first instance, the first, and I'll get more into these stories, but we've had him Baker acted for threatening to kill himself while at school. He has in preschool prior to treatment, prior to us even really knowing a lot of his diagnosis and problems, he has picked up chairs, tossed over um, bookshelves, uh, thrown chairs across the room, thrown his backpack across the room, punched walls, like everything he does is not directed at anybody. He has not hit a child on purpose ever. And I don't even think on accident. I don't know if... I don't think he's ever hit somebody on accident either, except for myself, prior to any interventions that we, we were able to um, gather in. But my child is one of those people that does have behavioral issues. Now, he is in a classroom where his teacher knows. The school knows. All the kids that are with him, they stay with him throughout. They know when to leave him alone, when to back off, when to call somebody else down um, to take him for a walk because you have to remove him from the situation. And again, it is not a choice inside his body or inside his brain that he can make on his own. And one of the toughest conversations I had to have with our therapist was when he, they were, his therapist was in the room with him observing because she observed sometimes and then other times it's the one-on-one -on -one counseling because they see him weekly. And he was sitting at his desk doing um, the work that his teacher gave him. And he was getting extremely frustrated because he could not, his brain would not allow him to get past the fact that he had zero room, no matter, he even had the teacher say, you can use a separate sheet of paper, like giving him the problem-solving skills which was what we teach them his brain was so fixated this is where his OCD comes in on that he could not finish his work because he couldn't fit it on the paper which then started to get him riled up and he had said obviously he was de-escalated but he even said to our therapist he's like look miss J I understand that I'm allowed to do this on a separate paper, but my brain will not stop telling me to do it on anything other than this paper that is right in front of me. And that's kind of where we got a little insight. Now, the two instances I talk about his blackout is the one time we did Baker Act him. He did not remember anything he did. 
anything he said, how he got anywhere, because we asked him questions up until the last second that he remembered. His brain completely shuts down when he's in this blackout and when he has literally no control over his body. So, and then he comes out of it once he's calmed down. And then, of course, he doesn't know, like, he had no idea why he had to ride in the back of a police car and be away from mommy and daddy for 24 hours and all this stuff, no matter what we said, because he did not remember anything he did in that blackout. And I am not giving him an excuse for his behaviors. I'm telling you his reality. When he gets so worked up and we can't de-escalate it, and at this time we didn't know what the trigger was. This is when we found out the trigger or one of his triggers. Now we know how to de-escalate that and we've put practices in place. So he, we, we have not, and I'm so thankful for over almost a year now, um, we have not had any major meltdowns that got him to the point of where he blacks out and that is such a that is such a blessing because it's hard to get him out of that especially right now there's no way I would be able to get him out of that zone because I can't separate him from myself when I'm the only parent home because my husband is out delivering the you know the items that he delivers so as a mom from a child that is like this, I ask now, again, these are children that you know have these problems. Don't discredit them. My son is one of the brightest people you will ever meet. He is an amazing artist, and I love him dearly. But that does not mean that we don't struggle and that he doesn't struggle. And it is not his fault. He does everything he possibly can. And he's more vocal now. So we're understanding a lot more of his past. And that could be why he is able to not have these episodes right now. Because when somebody comes down and takes him from the room, he gets aggravated. Like, <laughs> it's not easy. I don't want to go for a walk. Well, you're going for a walk. Let's go. I don't care. We ain't got to talk. We ain't got to touch. We ain't got to do nothing, but we're going for a walk. And by the time he comes back, he's just fine. But it takes, it takes a little, a little work. You have to have parents involved that are trying to get to the bottom of this. And don't think that I haven't cried or reached out to other parents and apologized to them for my son's behavior. And they all understand because they know him. Like, I, we had a situation, again, this, I will get into nitty gritty later, where the mother called me and goes, that's why he reacted that way is because of the touch. I said, absolutely. That is 100% why he flew off the handle is because he was touched without anybody asking him permission. So it's, you have to have parent, you have to have your parents involved. So the parent of the child involved and well versed in it. You have to have the school involved and understand your children. And you also have to kind of have an understanding with other parents and other children. It's Again, not for all the children, but for children like my child. Um, you have to understand 
that just because of the hand they were dealt, just because of the trauma they were put through, just because of their diagnosis, it does not make them less valuable. It does not discredit their right or their want or their need to learn. And that is kind of where a lot of people when talking really upset me because my child is smart. I don't know how he is smart, but this boy, he's going places. And I'm not just saying that just because he's my son. It's just astronomical, the internal struggles that he deals with, how amazing he is as a, as a person, as my son, not as PTSD, not as rad, not as OCD, but as my child, as a human. He is just, I, there's, I can't say enough about him. Um, but I really wanted to share that. It's not easy for the families, I promise you. Those that care about their children, those that care about getting to the bottom of this, we're struggling to get answers because we can't get answers because there's no specialists that want to touch them because of their age. They don't want to talk to them. They want to continue to tell us they're normal. They don't want to help us in any way, shape, or form, and I will share that. So I just ask that you have grace for these families. You have, again, there is no excuse for violence. I do not condone violence. I understand it's scary having a safe word in a classroom for a child if the teacher knows they're about to lose their mind. I don't agree with anybody removing children, or removing an entire class from the classroom. They should be removing the child from the classroom, but I understand also that sometimes that is not uh, able to happen. So I, I do understand that side, but I also need others to understand that not every child is the villain that their behaviors make them out to be. And that's really where I'm going to leave this episode. So I appreciate you guys sticking around. I hope you guys are doing well. Please pray for our family if you are the praying type. I am here to talk uh, to anybody that just needs to chat, needs to vent, needs to cry, needs a shoulder cry on, we can vent to each other. I understand the position that you're in and I am praying for you daily and I hope you guys have an amazing week. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Graceful Truth Unscripted podcast. Here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of that episode you're listening to right now Head on over to your Instagram or Facebook stories and tag Graceful Truth Unscripted so more people can find our podcast. Also, if you really love us, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. I will be reading as many reviews as I can on the next episode of the podcast, so be sure to listen for your shout out. If you haven't already, please click that subscribe button so you don't miss a show. And don't forget, if you have a question for the show, shoot us a message on Instagram or Facebook or email gracefultruthunscripted at gmail.com. All right, y'all. Time to spread the sunshine wherever you go. See ya.